Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live work and play. Hey, listen, we had a great show yesterday with Captain Sonny Schindler and uh, we talked about fishing in coastal Mississippi. It was just a great conversation. We also, uh, of course, talked about uh, those poor people in Florida that are sort of digging out from this the incredible hurricane. And as, as time goes on, we'll find ways to, to help them. And as uh, relief efforts from coastal Mississippi uh, get cranked up, we'll share with you some specifics about all that. We also talked about, you know, how cool it was to to be in, in, in coastal Mississippi at this time as um, as cruising the coast is in full gear, really showcasing everything that's so amazing about coastal Mississippi. I welcome all the uh, cruising the coast participants here to coastal Mississippi. I also shared a quote from Althea Gibson. Althea Gibson died in 2003. If you go back and look at her life, she was one of the first uh, black athletes to cross the color line. She won 11 grand slams, just an incredible life and an incredible contribution to uh, tennis and, and sports in general. One of the things that she said along the way is this. She said, no matter what accomplishments you make, somebody helped you. And uh, so one of the things I suggested yesterday is you, when you get a chance to go sit down and write out the people who really affected your life, those people who were part of helping you become who you are today. And I said to you that I would actually share with you my list. And I sat down after the show yesterday and wrote a few of them down. And uh, let me let me just share a few of them. This is by no means a complete list. But I just wanted to share sort of you know my story. Um, uh, first of all, obviously, uh, I'd be crazy not to say my mom and dad and, and the incredible parents that they were for me and the way they inspired me. My mom, who's still alive, still inspires me every single day. Uh, my grandmothers, you know, I think everybody has special relationships with their grandmothers. You know, if you don't, you know, I wish that you did. But my uh, my grandmother's mamma and nanny is what what I called them. They always urge me to uh, to reach higher and further. My grandfathers, uh, uh, Papa and Dusty, you know, there's so much they taught me, but one of the things they taught me was a, uh, a love of the outdoors. They relentlessly focused on showing me the outdoors, and I will never never stop thanking them. Um, I had a teacher in paramedic school. Her name was Barbara. I don't even remember her last name, sadly, but I went to paramedic school at the University of Alabama in Birmingham, and I'll just never forget how good she was as a teacher. She taught me so much about how to save people's lives and really so much of it I still remember today it's quite amazing just an just an incredible teacher speaking of teachers um, I had a band director I played drums and I banged on the piano but really was a big-time drummer in high school and still kind of like doing it today um, I had a great band director from Gulfport East, uh, John Pearson, for people who were at school back in those days. I graduated in 1975. He had an amazing reputation. He taught us a relentless drive toward excellence. Um, early in my career, uh, there's a there's a man that had just a profound impact on me from Mississippi Power Company. His name is Bobby Nichols. He's retired now, but he always urged me to continue my education and to reach 
uh, for the stars. And at a time that was a really fragile time in my life, uh, right after my father died, uh, Bobby Bobby Nichols was just so important to me. Uh, when I was at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, it, we all have you know someone, probably many of them, teachers that really impacted you. But for me, it was Weta White. Miss White was amazing. She was my biggest fan and one of my best critics. She, what the way I describe what she did for me, she molded me like putty, always expecting more from me, much more. And uh, I realized a lot of my potential because of her. You know, you've heard me say this over and over again, but Roland Weeks, the former publisher of the Sun-Herald, was the ultimate mentor for me. He taught me A's in school were not nearly enough. I mean, he wanted me to have every possible experience I could get. He sent me to the best, you know, executive and leadership training programs around the country, the University of Chicago, Tulane, Northwestern University, the American Press Institute and in Western Virginia multiple times. Uh, his focus on development and but formally and through experience by leading efforts was uh, was incredible. And um, he was uh, always giving me really constructive, life changing feedback and was always the proudest person in the room when I exceeded uh, ex expectations. And I could go on and on. I mean, at a corporate level at Knight Ritter, when I was involved in Knight Ritter, Mary Jane Connors and Art Brisbane and Tony Ritter and so many others, you know, my f former Sun Herald friends will remember those names. Names. And um, and then Alberto Ibargwin, the former publisher of the Al Nuevo Herald and Miami Herald, who's now the CEO of Knight Foundation, he's one of my biggest heroes, that is for sure. And then later in my career, I worked for Michael and Donald Newhouse, the Newhouse family, who own Advanced Condé Nast, the largest privately owned uh, media company in the United States. They were my last bosses. And, uh, you know, they, can, they, they gave me great opportunities to lead uh, significant efforts in their company that was a way of trying to figure out how journalism, local journalism, could survive in the digital age. And then uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Pulitzer Prize winning team, my team at the Sun-Herald. Uh, what I witnessed after Hurricane Katrina and the employees of the Sun-Herald, I will, I will be inspired by that effort, and I will take that to my grave. There are no words to fully describe what they mean to me. And then and lastly, uh, as far as professional, uh, Kim Dillon and, and uh, Steve Davenport from Super Talk Mississippi Media, they convinced me to come do Coastview. And they showed me why it was important for me to do it, that I had missed connecting back to the community. And uh, what they did for me is really a gift. And I've really enjoyed finding a way to continue these connections and share amazing stories with people that I hope ultimately inspires you. And then lastly, I, I couldn't go through this list and not mention my incredible wife, Anne. Uh, she is always been my biggest supporter. She is an amazing person. And when I say what I'm about to say, I really mean it. Every single day I look at her and I think to myself, God, she's an incredible mother and, and, and wife. And she's one of the best people. She is a good person on earth. Um, I honestly don't think there's a better person than her. I mean, the example that she sets daily is just truly remarkable. And she, because of that, I mean, my kids, Jordan, Justin, and Tori, have, have become uh, adults that they, and they lead by example. So they inspire me. My kids do, and Ann does. She inspires me to be the best version of myself every single day, and I am so proud of that. That is my first pass on my list. I want you to think about your list. I think it helps to write it down. I'm going to continue to add to my list, but there is no doubt what... what Althea Gibson said, no matter what accomplishments you make, somebody helped you. And for me, it's a long list. And for you, it's also a long list. So now we're going to shift gears. Coastal Mississippi is an amazing gem. 
in America, in the world, actually. I talk about it on this show every single day. And I'm privileged today to have a guest that's going to be a special guest, Lisa Evans. Lisa came here from somewhere else, fell in love with this place, and she's now written a book called 100 Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before You Die. I love the title of the book. Uh, Lisa, welcome to Coast View. How are you doing? Good, and thank you for having me. It's great. We're gonna. We'll tell your story. We'll tell the about the book. But you actually work at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. What do you do there? I'm a sales manager. Cool. So I sell so you, the I sell the building and plan it, and you know we work it from start to finish. So. Well, you know, as you know, Matt McDonald, he and I have a long association back when I was at the Sun-Herald, and now obviously through the show, we've told the story of the Coliseum many, many times, but you guys, your team there during COVID did such an amazing job. I mean, because what people don't understand is you don't have a bunch of tax dollars going to help you guys survive. You have to run it like a true business, an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. effort. Exactly. And uh, when the going gets tough, you didn't have a bunch of tax dollars you could go rely on to to fill f- f- fill the gaps. You had to make go all. of it, didn't you? Not yeah. We just we did what we had to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> that and way we all kept our job and we all kept events coming and you know we we pulled through it. It's a great success story. Where are you from? I'm originally from central New York. Um, and again, that immediately everybody's thought goes to New York City. That's not the case. Um, central New York is, if you think, Utica, Syracuse area, right in the center of the state, four hours to Canada, four hours to the city. So right smack dab in the middle. <laughs> well, you may know this. The uh, the Newhouse family has a big footprint in, in Syracuse. They own Syracuse Media Company, mm-hmm. Syracuse Newspaper, Syracuse.com. And um, and so and and the the guy who leads that effort is uh, is a really good friend of mine. And that's a beautiful area of the country, isn't it? It it is it is as um, when I was a kid it was great. I loved the four seasons. The older I got, I was like, yeah, I don't do winter. I'm I'm not a winter person. Don't like the cold. Don't like the snow, ice, sleet. Uh, I'm just not a fan. So the yeah. older I got, I was like, okay, you got to go somewhere else. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I've my, seen my youngest son zero for multiple days. I've had enough. My son, youngest son, George, Justin, excuse me, he lives in New York City. You know, grew up in coastal Mississippi, went to Auburn, traveled the world, literally traveled the world, and um, decided that New York City is where he wanted to be. He works for PricewaterhouseCoopers in uh, in New York City and uh, does some really cool work there. But he lo- he lives in the West Village and he loves the city. That is for sure. He doesn't. Oh, New York City is beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's it's great to to visit. I don't yeah. know that I could live there full time. So kudos to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I love. Me too. I spent sometimes once a month there. Uh, of course, that's where the corporate office is now at the One World Trade, and, and, and you know the new the new One World Trade. They're the anchor tenants for that, so that's where I had my uh, my, my board meetings, and I had a lot of good experiences in New York City. Hey, when we come back, we're going to really kind of get into the nuts and bolts of this great new book that Lisa wrote called "100 Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before You Die." We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Lisa Evans with me. Uh, she wrote a cool book, and we're going to get into some of the details of it, called A Hundred Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before You Die. Um, you know, she she works at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. She's head of sales there. So she's had a really good sort of bird's eye view of what's great about this amazing place. And uh, originally from, you know, central uh, New York City, as we, uh, New York, excuse me, as we were just talking about. But, hey, you, you heard that quote that I shared at the beginning of the uh, of the show, and then I, I shared sort of who those people were for me that have impacted me. But when you heard no matter what accomplishments you make, somebody helped you, I, I saw you nodding. Yes. What, what came to mind for you? Um, obviously writing the book, you know, I have to experience the things I write about. I'm, you know, there's plenty of writers that can do research and, and, and write from there. I'm just, my personal view is that I need to experience it. So I had a lot of help, Coastal Mississippi, our tourism board. Um, and you know, they, they were a big help to me, obviously getting me in contact with the places, setting me up on things to experience and, you know, they, they were a big help. Actually, the, the book is dedicated to one of the, the ladies that helped me a great deal. Um, it's, you know, they're who, great. Who was they, that? Who was that? Um, her, her name is Anna. She has since moved on. But yeah, I know I, I know Anna well. She did a yes. fantastic job at Coastal yes, Mississippi. She, she actually was wonderful, um, and she was kind of my constant cheerleader. <laughs> when, <laughs> I, when I sat there and go, I, can I really do this? She was literally my constant cheerleader. So well, I'm um, not I'm not I'm not surprised to hear that that that's for sure. Hey, so what did, what made you interested in travel writing? Where did that come from? Um, I guess long term, I was looking ahead. I mean, at some point in time, I will, you know, retire. And um, I'm not one to just sit around and do nothing. So, you know, everybody always said, find something that you like to do and do it. So that I was like, all right, well, what do I like to do? I like to write. Um, I had an English teacher in high school, you know, people that influence you way back when I had an English teacher in high school, and he was big on vocab and and reading and creative writing he was just a wonderful teacher and of course that stuck with me and then you know i like to travel i like to find new things and and see new things and experience different things and so you know when when you're looking at the big scope of writing you know i i don't ever imagine myself writing the great american novel um so it was kind of like find your niche market and that kind of travel writing just came in. <laughs> That's so cool. It made me think of my friend. I have a friend who uh, is on, um, who, who worked, we worked together at the Times-Picayune in New Orleans. And um, he was, he, he was, he's super, super guy, but he and his wife, they, they just kind of picked up and moved to the countryside of France. And uh, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning editor and writer. And he um, he decided that he was just going to live in the countryside of Europe and be a travel writer. And that's what he's doing. And if I saw that he and his wife posted a picture from Paris yesterday. So nice. <laughs> he's living life, doing the same thing you're doing, writing, you know, and, and he, he he thought a lot a lot about it going into this stage of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're you're headed there at some point yourself. But exactly. that's a, that's a great vocation for sure. Yeah. Someday I'll be able to do it full time. For now, I, I, you know, I write about what I love, which is obviously coastal Mississippi. I have a lot of articles that I've written about coastal Mississippi that have been published elsewhere, and you know, 
places I visit, I, I go to different places, um, you know, just following where I want to go and I write about them. And so, you know, it's just, but someday I'll be able to do it full time. So That's when did the, the uh, when did the thought come about to make this a comprehensive book and name it what you named it, a hundred things to do in coastal Mississippi before you die? Where did that come from? It's a great concept. Well, it's actually uh, the publisher. Uh, Reedy Press has a hundred things series. So you could do research if you wanted to go to Miami or Los Angeles or Branson or wherever. If you go to Reedy Press, there's probably a book about it. And it's in the hundred things. They, they call it the hundred things series. So they uh, reached out. Actually, they reached out through Coastal Mississippi and, you know, wanted to know who they would recommend to write a book about coastal Mississippi. So they got my name and that's how it started. And um, so again, back to the who helps who kind of thing, you know, where you go. Um, so I basically, you know, it, I started the process. We're in October, probably the end of August last year. And so, and, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some, uh, many of the places in the book I had already visited anyway. So I just had to like refresh myself and then go out and find new stuff, you know, find the new things. And, you know, I had my, my original list was well over hundred. So then you have to, you know, whittle it down. And, um, and so I submitted my manuscript earlier this spring and this fall it published. So let me, uh, let me, and I know this is sort of a, 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 some of the theme in your book, but I think this is a good place to start, and we can, we can chat about that, and you can talk about how you talk about it. But one of the things I say on this show a lot, and it became, we knew it before Katrina, but I think Katrina sort of drove the point home that what was, what existed in each of the cities of coastal Mississippi was something that created for them a unique sense of place. Each community had its own unique sense of place. Places like Ocean Springs, for example, didn't lose its city center as a result of Katrina and was able to sort of build on that. But virtually every other city of coastal Mississippi was challenged greatly by Hurricane Katrina. So rebuilding that sense of place that made it what it was before, and maybe even in some cases making it bigger and better, was kind of the goal since Hurricane Katrina. If you look at it today, from, from Waveland and what's happening in Waveland across the St. Louis, even Diamond Head, now the largest city in uh, in Hancock County, all the way over to Moss Point. Amazing what's happening in each of the cities. So much development and cool stuff. And But anyway, when you add up all these unique sense of places, it creates this place called Coastal Mississippi that's really unique in America when you look at it that way, isn't it? It, it very much is. Um, and that was kind of a, a little bit of a challenge because, you know, obviously um, the biggest cities. Biloxi Gulfport, it's like, well, you can't just do, you, you have to do the whole coast. So it, it's, it, you know, it started out being, you know, we, we needed to incorporate everything. So I had to make sure I had flavors from each area of the coast in the book. So, you know, I, cause obviously, yes, Biloxi and Gulfport have the casinos, you know, there's a few over in Hancock County, but you know, there's so many other cool things all throughout, all throughout the coast. So you have to do, you know, have to you know, balance it and, and do, you know, find the coolest things. And and obviously a lot of it is personal choice. Um, yeah. you know, the things that I enjoyed. But there's also things that, you know, might not necessarily be my particular cup of tea, but it's a draw for coastal Mississippi. It, it's kinda like golfing. I'm not a big golfer, um, but we have beautiful courses. So of course there, you know, that is a section in the book. 
Um, you know, sailing. I, I've always loved to learn to sail, haven't do it yet. But again, there's plenty of places. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just, it all flows together. It, it really does. Um, and what's neat about it is that even though you may only be able to pick out one or two or three things in a specific community, if someone goes there to experience it, let's just take Bay St. Louis, for example, since it's uh, it's not in Harrison, it's over in Hancock County, it's one of the bookends for oh, tourism. Nice. But you bring somebody over to, to tourism, uh, over to Bay St. Louis to, to experience Bay St. Louis, and while they're there, they're going to do all kinds of other things, aren't they? Yes, that's absolutely true. Bay St. Louis is a, is a great example. You can go to Bay St. Louis and find something, you know, that's in the book. And then maybe there's another couple shops that may not be in the book, but you can find your way to them because everything is so central. And once you start exploring, it's going to be a breeze to, to find something else that you like. And uh, I, I, I can't imagine how I know you think a hundred things <laughs> would be hard to find but the truth is there's hundreds of things there, there, it was harder for me to whittle them down to be honest with you because i it's like well i like them all so which one do you take out and and it was and then that, that's when i had to kind of put on the hat of like okay think like somebody else that may not have my particular tastes and that's kind of how i ended up doing it and you know thinking about it, like golf like i said personally i don't golf but i know it's a huge draw for this area so it yeah. has to be in the book. Okay, so look, you've got, uh, you've, I mean, the things that everyone knows about. It. Of course, you have the casinos, the goth that you talked about, the charter fishing off the coast, the, the I mean, the Walter Anderson Museum and yep. his his impact to the world, George mm -hmm. Orr and his impact to the world. Uh -huh. You have all these things, the city centers that we were talking about a few <laughs> minutes ago. All in there. What surprised you? Um, I guess the most interesting, you know, the thing that I didn't know existed and when I asked people what it was, nobody could tell me and I was like, well, I'm going to go find out. It was the Mystic Ghost uh, Boat Ride and the, and the walking tour. It's out of Bay St. Louis. Wow. And it was, the, it was a really cool thing to do. Okay, well, look, we're, um, we're, we're, at this, we're at the end of this segment, so let's do this. We're going to pick it up on the other side, and you can tell us more okay. about that. I've never even heard of it. It might be might be someone that I should have on the show. But we're talking with Lisa Evans. She wrote an amazing book called 100 Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before You Die. We'll see you after this break. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Coast View. Listen, I love having conversations about coastal Mississippi. And when you can have a conversation with someone who literally wrote the book called 100 Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before You Die, you got to imagine that I'm going to enjoy sitting down with her and talking to her about this, this place that I love, that I spend every single day talking to people about every nook and cranny of this amazing place. And her name is Lisa Evans. And when we went to break, she was telling us about a mystic boat trip that you can take out of Hancock County that I've never heard before. What? Tell me about it, Lisa. Well, it's called Mystic Ghost Boat Tours, and there's a walking tour, uh, like a walking tour of old, old Bay St. Louis. So you, um, the first part of it is, of course, you go out on the boat. It's a pontoon boat. It takes you through the bayous and, and the Mystic Molly. Tell is a great storyteller, and she tells you all about different stories. And, you know, um, it's usually in the evening, so it's dusk. And you obviously, you know, you have to be have an open mind. You never know what you might see. And then you come back from that. I think it's about an hour long. And then I also did the walking tour of Old Town Bay St. Louis. And it takes you through, she takes you through all the Old Town Bay St. Louis with the documented paranormal things that happen in Bay St. Louis. And it's really interesting. I mean, I learned a lot. And, you know, obviously, she, like I said, she's a great storyteller. So it was, it was a really great experience. But that happens a lot. Um, I, I mean, like I said, you, you've said it before. I'm a transplant. So when I talk to people about what's in their backyard, they're like, well, what, where's that? I've never heard of it. Or, oh, I haven't been there since I was a kid. And it's like, well, you need to go. <laughs> it's in your backyard. You know? It's, hey, listen, that, when, I was pub- when I was published that's why with the Times- one of the biggest reasons I wrote the book. Yeah, when I was publisher of the Times Speaking in New Orleans, I lived in the warehouse district. <laughs> and, uh, and I run... And I would run through the French Quarter in morning on mornings, and sometimes in the afternoon when it, you know when the, when there wasn't a lot of people congregating. But I would inevitably run up on. They have multiple different ghost tours and whatever in the French Quarter, and they were always packed with people. People mm-hmm. are intrigued by these unique stories of. You know, like you said, mystic ghost tour. Yep. Need I say more? Uh, it doesn't interest me. I, I don't kind of want to know about that stuff. But some <laughs> people really love it. But it was really interesting. So, what other what other things you know were surprised you? Um, I guess I I really enjoyed the Sandhill Crane um, Refuge because I guess I didn't realize how endangered the Sandhill Cranes are. And so being out there and learning and, and you get to, you know, get the checklist and walk through and see all the birding, that was really, that was really great. Um, you know, our outdoor space is just, you know, it's wonderful. So, you know, I, and um, Pascagoula River Audubon Center, I love that. I went to the Hummingbird Festival for the first time a couple of years ago. And I mean, I'd never heard of a hummingbird festival. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go. And it was just, it's the coolest thing. You get to feel their little heartbeat. You get to watch them when they get banded. Um, it was just this, you know, it was just recently held um, again. And it's, it's really, it's a really a lot of fun. When I was publisher of the Sun Herald, we spent a lot of time writing about the Pasigula River complex. Largest undammed waterway yep. in the continental United States. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for people who don't really appreciate how significant this feature in Mississippi is, you, you need only go to something like Google Earth and go over there and get a sense of 
the river and the wetland, the complex wetland that, that that flow into it, and the incredible number of species of birds and oh, wildlife. Absolutely. It's just it's really incredible. It's it, it's like again, it's for for we we take it for granted. We drive across the bridge, I one ten bridge. We you know we look you know we don't really know what we're looking at some most of the time, but if you focus on it, go to the Audubon Center and really kind of take it all in. Mm-hmm. It is a absolute gem here in coastal Mississippi, isn't it? It is. It is. And the other thing I found really interesting is the number, the historical homes, the historical, like the um, the Point Krebs house and all the historical homes that are in this area. I, I mean, I knew about a couple of them, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> there really is a lot of them. Hey, you know what's interesting about your point? Andreas Duani, who's a famed, internationally known architect and planner who came here after Hurricane Katrina, he's literally the father of new new urbanism, this whole notion of building walkable communities. But um, but one of the things he said, and I've shared it not long ago, actually, that so much history and architecture was wiped out by Hurricane Katrina. He said that if you have a column still standing, rebuild it. Yeah. Because we lost so much, um, still there's a lot to see there. But did you have a sense to get a? Uh, did you have an understanding of what was no longer here that was so historic? It, it you know, every I love history. I, I mean, I'm really inter, interested in all kinds of history. So I just like absorb everything they tell me. The the fact that um, it wasn't Le Krebs Point House, and of course, it, there's the one in Ocean Springs that the pieces floated away in Katrina, and the local residents actually brought them back so that it could be. I mean, that to me is a sense of community. Yeah. You know, another one that I thought was really interesting is Mockingbird Cafe and how that started out. Um, it's, it's just the sense of community and spirit is just amazing. It really is. Yeah. You have the Gulf Hills over in Ocean Springs. I don't know if you had the opportunity to see what they're doing. Uh, you know, they're this under a massive renovation now, and they're going to create like a, a mini resort actually to bring families in from all over the place. But the history of that Gulf Hills, uh, of, of, you know, the, the, the golf course and the, the, the hotel that is there is just really incredible. And Roxy yes. Condry, I don't know if you know Roxy or not, but she owns boutique hotels all over Ocean Springs and they're in the residential and commercial development business. They're, they're the ones doing it. And it's really, really, really exciting to see what they're going to do, but it will probably be in a future book that you're going to write about. Yeah. It, I bet because you yeah, look it's... at the history, you know, Elvis Presley and so many, you know, yes. famous people who came through there it's just it's pretty cool um, well, what other what other things you know surprised you about coastal mississippi as you were writing this book the mississippi blues trail um i you know hundred men hall is just fabulous it, it gave me the chills in there just you know the same stage that Etta james was on it's like amazing and that actually after i after I um, visited Hundredman Hall, I actually started digging more and more into the blues. And I'm now like I'm a convert, I admit. And it's just so interesting the effect that. Get your time, Kyle. It's so interesting that yeah. the fact. Okay, hang on, hang on, stop right now. Uh, okay, pick. We, we you froze again. So mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Pick start right there. It's so interesting and finish that sentence. It's so interesting to find um, 
how deep the blues goes within coastal Mississippi and the state of Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. You know, I had the opportunity. Bill Luckett is the is the guy from Clarksdale who, with Morgan Freeman, started the Ground Zero Blues Club. And yes. I had the last detailed conversation with him before he passed away. We've spent an hour together here on Coast View. I have a place up in the Mississippi Delta, incidentally, and I've always enjoyed, I'm, you know, again, I'm a former drummer, so I've always enjoyed music. But to think, though, that the, the king of rock and roll is from here, the father of country music is from here, the king of the blues robert johnson is from here and you start to really understand the incredible impact that blues delta blues had on some of the some of the most well-known worldwide musicians like eric clapton and bob dylan and keith richards and robert plant i mean the list goes on and on when you think about the blues trail you tend to think that it's just a delta thing for the most part but there are several blues markers here along coastal mississippi and when you connect it together as craig Gray has many times said it's the largest outdoor museum in the United States. It's it's really a great vision that created that, isn't it? It's absolutely wonderful. And I mean, Ground Zero here in Biloxi, I was so excited for it to open. It's a great place. And I recently actually went to Clarksdale and went to the original. So that was that to tie the two together. It's I mean, Clarksdale and the crossroads, the whole city is just wonderful. Yeah, Robert Johnson. Um, I was I did a lot of hunting up in the Mississippi Delta, but I used to pass this on Money Road right outside of Greenwood, this old church, and out in front of the church was a marker, a blues marker that talked about um, Robert Johnson was was buried here. And uh, I always wanted to know about him. And finally, one day, I said, you know, I'm going to do some research. And I did and started listening to his music. And he only recorded a, a certain number of songs. He didn't become famous until long after he died. But he did something unique the way he played the guitar. is one of the reasons why it impacted so many of the modern-day rock and roll and blues musicians, because he was just so unique in the way he did it. And then that, as a result of doing that research, it kind of made me dive deeper and to say, I want to know more about this. If we're talking about, why why is it that it's not just blues, like I said, country music and rock and roll. Why is it Mississippi was such a hotbed for this stuff? And the coast had a unique role in all of that. And people, you know, it's easy to forget that. It it, it is. And I'll tell you what, the Mississippi, I really delved into the Mississippi Blues Trail. And it's um, it's very interesting. It's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing research project for me. <laughs> Good, good. Hey, listen, we're coming to the end of this segment, but okay. we're having the we're having the real pleasure of visiting with Lisa Evans. She actually works at the Mississippi Coast College Museum and Convention Center. She's head of sales there, but she wrote a great book, and we're focusing on today. We'll do, we'll probably have more shows together to talk about it. But 100 things to do in coastal Mississippi before you die. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Lisa Evans is our guest today. She wrote a book called 100 Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before she, she, Before You Die. And uh, she's from uh, New York. She she made Mississippi her home. Now she's passionate about it. And uh, it's interesting, too, that, though, that you wrote this book. You, you know, you've done some other travel writing. But you wrote this book from the perspective of someone who loves coastal Mississippi, but also as someone who came to coastal Mississippi. So you have a unique 
perspective in writing. As you and I were talking about during the lunch, this is not just a visitor's book. This is the book that anyone from coastal Mississippi should dive into because I guarantee you, you're going to find something in this book you have not done. Instead of spending all your money to go away somewhere, you probably ought to just consider doing a staycation and taking in this amazing place because every, 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 around every corner is something unique to do. And that is, that's, that could not be more true, could it, Lisa? No, it, it is. It's it's very true. And what I find interesting and what someone told me once is that this book um, could, you know, obviously other people could write it. But I, as you said, my unique perspective is because I'm not jaded. I wasn't born and bred here. So everything's new and everything's new. And, it, you know, it's like, oh, my, look at that. And and where somebody that lives here is going, oh, yeah, that's, you know, been around forever. But yeah, but when was the last time you went there? Um, and that's what I have found in talking to people, like I, like I said earlier, they either A, haven't been there, or B, haven't been there since they were five years old, you know? Well, I was looking, I was looking, anytime you do a new book, you got to launch. This past Saturday, you were at Hillier House, and you've got some coming up. So let me, let me run through the list real quick, because it's a pretty long list, but people can kind of make a mental note of this. you got a book signing coming up October the 8th at 11 o'clock at the Oro O'Keefe Museum. Uh, you've got another one on the 22nd at Barnes & Noble at Crossroads Parkway. You've got a, the next one. It's November the 5th at uh, Pascal Shan Yacht Club. That's at 11 o'clock. Then uh, presentation and book signing at the Christmas City Gift Show. And that's a big one. That's on no, that's on Friday, November the 11th. And then, uh, let's see, the Ground, Bureau's, uh, Ground Zero Blues Club, in fact, that we just talked about on Saturday, November 26th at 1 o'clock. And then finally, you have one December the 11th at the Mississippi Aquarium. And I'm sure there are going to be opportunities in between all of that to, to do more of that. But I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for taking the time to write this book. I hope it does really well. I'm, well, I'm, I hope so. I'm, I'm, the better it does, the more our secret coast comes to be known. And it is a secret coast for the most part, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, I can remember when I told people that I was moving, you know, from New York to Mississippi, coastal Mississippi. And they're like, why? I was like, have you visited? Have you gone to coastal Mississippi? Because if you haven't been there and you haven't seen, I mean, I had visited both pre and post Katrina. And I was like, it's a beautiful place. And I, that, I had just made up my mind that that's, uh, you know, the temperate weather is just where I wanted to be. And so, but it's interesting when you talk to people that aren't from this area because they have no idea. And I was like, until you visit, don't, don't tell, you know, don't say anything because you can't until you visit and see what it has to offer. Now, we've been lucky in, in one regard to a lot of people. It's less a secret because the casinos have come in here. They're in the marketing business. They're yeah. so smart with their databases, as we t discussed with Clay Williams from the airport. You know, Beauvage alone just recently celebrated its one millionth customer. You know, <laughs> markets from all over the United States are bringing people in. But their marketing is so smart, and they have continued to sort of promote the the amazing things to do in coastal Mississippi. And that's why we've had tremendous success in the gaming arena, even though there's been a lot of competition in that area across the United States 
competition, growing amount of competition, we are able to bring all these other characteristics. The fact that we're on the water and, right. you know, I mean, we, we haven't even talked about just standing on the seawall looking at the <laughs> beach. That beach is special, really. If you think about the largest man-made beach in America, you know, we ride by it all the time, but there are very few highways in America that are that are, that are live oak lined where you can drive down with an unencumbered view to the to the beach. Uh, we take that for granted, don't we? We do. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing more beautiful than driving down Highway 90 and just looking at whether the water's angry or whether it's smooth as glass. It doesn't, you know, it's just the, the sunsets and the sunrises are just simply breathtaking. <laughs> they and just, that's one they of the are. reasons as our cruising the coast people are here yeah. and, and taking it all in. Absolutely. That's why they love it because you can they take do. that drive down Beach Boulevard and... You can't do that anywhere else in America and have that view with, with the homes on the left and and this unencumbered view of, of, you know, the view south on the right. That's why after Katrina, it was so important for us to get it all cleaned up. Yes. And we often talked about you need to get your head above the debris and see the beauty for what it is. And eventually is. get all the debris up and we'll we'll come back. Mm -hmm. But um, but it's it's uh, it's super special. It's super special. And there's a lot to see here. Um, hey, and, you know, one more thing before we leave. Uh, any other surprises in your book? Um, I mean, there's obviously there's different restaurants, uh, you know, and, and pretty much they're all fairly well known. So that was, you know, but it was it's just kind of what you preferred. I mean, in the restaurants, I was one of the things that surprised me was Vestige, um, you know, with the tasting menu. I thought that was just that I had not experienced that before. So that was really neat. Um, well, Lisa, we'll pick it up there. We're going to have you back on, and we're going to dive even <laughs> deeper into the book. Well, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, the restaurant scene, the growing restaurant yes. scene, the amount of money being invested by local investors all along coastal Mississippi is one of the reasons why this is such a great place to visit. The food is absolutely yes. incredible. That's the so, truth. It's been a pleasure to, to visit with you today. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to speak with you. You bet. Have a great day, and you we will too. see you tomorrow. Thank you. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.